Reddit did to do and welcome into more important issues. It is Wednesday, June 10th. Vols are back on campus. Good news, and I'm kind of surprised. Good news is no Vols tested positive uh, for COVID-19. Well, sorry, no players. There was a graduate assistant that did. And we'll get more into that uh, and kind of talk about how the Vols are going to uh, make sure players, uh, staff, uh, everyone in and around the facility are uh, do their best to uh, take precautions and be safe during this time. Well, we will talk about that here here in just a second. But that's that's good news as of right now. Um, it, I'm honestly a little shocked when you talk about bringing in 100 to 120 guys from all around the country and uh, you know from all different parts. Some places more affected by it and not and or than other places. It's good news. Yeah. So uh, it definitely gives you more hope as a as a team to not uh, not have more guys uh, get it. Obviously, that's the ideal situation if we're talking about sports returning. Yeah, and that's I think that's the like you said a big step and um and it you're you're healthy. Yep. You know you want to be healthy at the at the end of the season too, but it starts at at the beginning of the season. So. Right, and we'll talk about some other programs that have been um, at least you know a little bit affected by uh, COVID nineteen as well, because every team is testing as players arrive back on campus. Uh, we're talking, we are still we're talking about football season. It looks like it's happening. Everyone's getting in on the action. You've seen several uh, preseason rankings released. Um, you've seen some some teams to look out for. You've seen uh, the we talked about the all SEC teams preseason all SEC teams last week. It seems like football season is right around the corner. Um, I'm definitely getting the itch, getting the urge. Yep. Uh, at least you got to, and we're going to talk about some Coach Dugs too, and we got a little bit of that to, to keep us keep us there. He returned for another season after that very disappointing national championship loss. <laughs> so close, but not ever. Yeah, yeah, but not. <laughs> I, I tweeted out the big Howard play. Did you? Um, yeah, I thought it was. It didn't feel that close. If that makes you feel better, right? <laughs> but you're like, like you did. You went all the way you there, did go all the way, yeah, and then. And it was it was an undefeated season last season, right? Until yep. the national championship, guys. <clears throat> yep. okay, so yep. yeah, there you go. It wasn't quite the same this season. Already two. We're gonna talk about that because it's been fun. Uh, I'm thinking this might be unless he wins a national championship. This might be uh, old coach Doug's last season at, on uh, on Rocky Top. I think it is, regardless. Yeah. Did you see the rock painted up? Fired. Fired. Fire yeah. Not really painted, by the way, guys. Um, don't worry. Uh, but yeah, it's fun to kind of bring all the traditions because I mean he's doing the maxims before the game, so yeah. it's kind of fun to see all the uh, all the normal Vol fan stuff happening with that. It's been fun. Uh, definitely, I've, I've appreciated it. It's been a good time. Uh, we're also going to do a little bit something kind of different, um, but you also we've also done this with position previews, but we're we're going to preview. Uh, each of the Vols' opponents kind of leading up to the season. Now, typically we'd do that the Wednesday before the game anyways, but now what we're going to do is we're going to take a look, starting with Charlotte tonight, and we're just going to um, we're gonna look at Charlotte as a team coming into the season. Uh, it's going to be a little bit easier for Charlotte, but we're going to talk about where that team could be when the Vols play them mm-hmm. and then kind of where that team may finish the season uh, looking at their schedule and their um, their conference and, and whatnot. And it just gives, a, gives us a chance, gives you all a chance to kind of take a deeper look at these opponents, uh, because the Wednesday before the game, um, especially when you're kind of talking about what Tennessee would do, uh, you kind of lose sight of the opponent, and you don't get to see them as much. Uh, so we're going to kind of take a deeper look before the season so you have an idea of kind of what to expect out of whoever it may be. This week, tonight, it's Charlotte, so we're going to talk about the Charlotte 49ers. I also want to talk about that nickname a little bit because that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, I don't get that. So I, 
It makes I, sense in California. It I doesn't still really don't make sense. I read about it and I still don't get it, but I'm excited <clears throat> to talk about okay, it. Okay, cool. There's yeah. also a lot so of you, co- you did some. So at least there's like some sort of explanation. There is an explanation, and then there's something that I think they should shift the explanation to that they've been like, nope, that's just coincidence. Okay. So, but we'll talk about that. We are going to talk all <laughs> okay. about Charlotte. Um, it's it's. Uh, I think it's gonna be fun doing this, just like our position previews week by week and talking about each team before the season even starts. It's a way too early preview, but it gives you a deeper look. So it'll, it'll be fun. MLB draft tonight. I think it's gonna be MLB draft worth watching, not just if you're a Vol fan, because it's actually like feels like a draft. Whereas uh, the running joke in my me and my brothers is the last week night of the MLB draft or last day of the MLB draft, we'd text each other and be like, "Hey, did you get drafted this year?" <laughs> because it's like they throw a name and it may be on the board. Yeah, true. It, it, what did we say? Forty rounds? Is that what it was? Yeah, something like so some forty rounds down to five rounds. Uh, kind of seems like an actual draft now. Yeah, so it's something that. Yeah, the top players are going to go, not just, hey, you started on a high school team, you can get drafted. Exactly. Yeah. So we're going to talk all about that. Um, the Vols getting drafted in the MLB, uh, who they could be, who to look for, and I guess that will give us a, a reason to talk a little bit about the baseballs next year and what that roster could look like. Mm. What could have been, man? I'm thinking Omaha. Just just like, throwing it out. I'm thinking next Omaha. Next year, are you, I'm saying what could have been this year. Like, would we be in Omaha right now? <sighs> Is it? Would it be this? Would it be... I guess it would have been long. I'm going to say yes. I mean, you can't take it away from me. I mean, <laughs> I guess right. you did, it has been taken away from me. But Well, you couldn't you're using the hypothetical and you can't take that away. Right. Exactly. No one can tell you no. <clears throat> yeah. So. Yep. Uh, we we're going to go to Omaha. Exactly. We we're going to win the whole damn thing. Exactly. Um yeah, I mean, it just felt and we're going to talk about all the talent on this team and you really only what do you you're guaranteed to only lose probably guaranteed one, two guys. Uh three guys probably. Yeah, um, I, I, w- I would I would lean toward two, um, and from the draft, um, right? Now there there was some seniors and stuff, but they get that they get that year back. So a lot well, of them that's, probably yeah, get, that's, yeah a that's lot potential of them, to return. So yeah, probably probably just, you just lose two guys. Yeah, the the College World Series would have started this Saturday, so <laughs> stings a little bit. We I'm, I'm a fine. We, we could have we could have went to. Uh, to Omaha, yeah, um, and then just stay there for a little while and just made our way down to um, Norman. Exactly, it would have been, <laughs> been, been, been a terrible time to be in the Midwest. Yeah, um, but I mean, Falls would have been winning, so that would have made it worth it. Right, that would have definitely made it worth it. Um, and then we're gonna talk some Dugs, and then we've got some segments for you guys. Uh, excited, excited for this episode. Before we get into it, though, Landon's gonna tell you guys about our sponsors. Yeah, so go check out our sponsors: Hound Dogs, Bet Now, and Tennessee Tap House. Great sponsors, love that they're part of the show. Um, so go check all those babies out, and we'll have some more giveaways here when the season gets closer. Um, some bigger ones, not just the twenty-five dollar gift certificate. We got some bigger ones on the way, so keep an eye out for that. And, and go ahead and go make your account now, because anytime you make that account, you're into the giveaway. Yeah. Um, so go head on over to volunteerroadshow.com, make that account. Um, you get access to all of our content. You get uh, it's it's a great little website that you can you can talk to us on that platform alone and uh, everyone else at Volunteer Roadshow as well. And then you get entered to win that giveaway. Yeah, absolutely. Go do it. Go. Now. Let's do it. Um, also, if y'all have any questions, feel free to drop those in the chat. Yeah. Um, I'm checking on Facebook. Kayla's pulling up YouTube. He's also on Twitter as well. So we got all three of those in there. So if you're on any one of those, just feel free to drop some questions in there. We'll get to them. Um, if we don't get to them, then we'll get to them later on in the show when we have the fan questions. 
Um, but go like, share, um, retweet all this right now. Um, let's see who can give me the most um, likes right now. Yeah, do go it. do it. So just see how many times you can hit the yeah hit the like button. See if I can win it. Um, <laughs> so Tennessee. So we're talking about the Tennessee uh, COVID update as the athletes have made their way to campus. I think Tennessee said something like eighty percent of their athletes were already back on campus. Yeah. So I think all the scholarship players are on campus. So it's ninety one um, players are on okay. campus. Um, and they did the nasal swab test. They did the antibodies test, and not one came back positive. So that's which, yeah. And I guess we haven't heard about the antibody test. Right. I guess they yeah. just. Which I don't know if they would release that information um, because it's not really, I guess, uh, mean anything. Yeah, because uh, apparently too, I was reading that it's it's not as an as accurate as the actual test. Like okay, it, it doesn't necessarily. It's not always true. So because it doesn't touch your brain, I guess. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, but yeah, so but I mean, no no athletes tested positive. That's a good sign. That means everyone's working out right now. Um, you know, everyone's. Uh, healthy as far as what the main concern is right now um and then you had a you did have a grad assistant that tested positive i i am curious what his level of interaction was prior to being quarantined i don't know Mm -hmm. if he was showing symptoms and they quarantined him immediately or if they waited six days before his test came back um that is a concern i feel like i don't know if they've i didn't see anywhere where they said yeah when they were able to quarantine him when when they knew he uh, either had it or potentially had it. So I think that is a little bit of cause for concern. <clears throat> Good news is, and we were just kind of talking about this with the MLB players, is that college, you know, at that age, they're likely to not even experience symptoms at all. Um, so when you talk about the health of athletes, obviously there are some guys that have underlying health issues that you, you want to make sure are safe. And um, I think Tennessee seems to, you, know, you talk about Philip Former was one of the guys that wanted to be cautious, you know, cautious coming back anyways i imagine they're taking all the caution um all the precautions necessary to to not only make sure that the student athletes are healthy but also um that everything can try to do it so everything can get back to normal as well yeah and, and they're bringing season. people back in waves so this is a good start to um you know you have the, these 91 that are already i guess good to go right um and then you bring in another wave make sure they're good to go so i like kind of how they're doing it in waves Get the scholarship guys in here. Get them ready to go. Um, you know, hope for the best, and 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 you got the best, right? You know, I mean, like I said, a, a a healthy team is a winning team. That, that's, I mean, <laughs> yeah, 2015 and 16. Oh, um, yeah, uh, and then look at the, and you look at it around in the SEC. You've seen other teams release their uh, their you know test numbers. I think Alabama had five players. Auburn had like three test positive. I, I don't know. I'm curious to see. Um, and they might, I don't know if they released their names or anything like that or what parts of the country they were from. I'm curious to see what, you know, is, is this coming from a, an area that's not as infected or is it coming from um, areas that are experiencing, you know, high infection rates? And, uh, I mean, I think that's kind of important to to know in, in terms of how you move forward because you could have some um, – some. You, did they get it while they were on campus or did right. they get it at, back at home? I think that's uh, – Something that would be that would help the athletic departments moving forward in terms of finding that out. From what I from what I read is like none of these players like showed any symptoms. None of the Auburn and Alabama players, yeah. and that's kind of you know that's what I was saying about the Tennessee players too. I mean, in terms of the grad assistant, most of the players, a majority, the age bracket, and you know their health, what the kind of health they're in, they're not going to show symptoms. Right. So that's the yeah. For I guess, know, taking good news over that, you know, that's the good news right. in that scenario. 
Um, so yeah, it's definitely going to be a, an interesting way to see it balanced. Um, I mean, it, and then you've got to think about the staff and then you got to think about the support staff that are in the facility, you know, who, what are there? Do they have underlying health issues? What are, you know, what are the ages of those people? Mm-hmm. You got to think about things like that. I know they're taking, like you said, they're taking a ton of precautions. They're not lifting together as a team, a full team. Yep. Um, they're not using the locker room. Um, I'm sure there's other ones that I'm forgetting off the top yeah, of my head. The, but. Wearing masks, checking mm-hmm. temperatures when they enter the facilities. So, yeah. They're, I mean, I, I don't know what else you could do at that point. No, I mean, they're, they're definitely doing everything. And that's another issue. Is with, with, and I think, you know, it, that's what makes it tough to kind of tackle this disease. There's a lot of people, which um, mm-hmm. I, I read earlier this week that the World Health Organization is saying now that asymptomatic carriers, I think, are less likely. It seems it's, it's more rare that they spread the disease, okay. which is a good news when you're looking at college campuses yeah. um, because a lot of those people that would get the disease would probably be asymptomatic carriers. Um, so they're probably not spreading it to each other in that case. Uh, and, that, I mean, that's been a concern when you talk about opening campuses with – 20 to 30,000 students on campus living to get, you know, and then, you know, half of those people living in close quarters with each other, if not more. And um, so that's been a concern. So when you're talking about that kind of stuff, and this is going to be a good experiment too for the colleges in terms of you've got 100 kids together. And then I think men's and women's basketball teams are returning uh, next week Mm -hmm. for the most part. Uh, You've got groups. You're going to be able to see kind of what happens when these groups are together. And and because they are going to interact more than a normal student body would. Yep. Um, so you're going to get a good gauge for kind of what you're dealing with, uh, with the fall. I mean, yes, it, it's going to be tough when you jump in numbers, but I think as everything stands right now, you are seeing some places, I mean, Sevier County, for example, they've spiked pretty significantly in the last week. Uh, but the good news is they didn't have a lot of, um, positive cases anyways. Mm-hmm. So when you, when you say it spiked, it's like, it's almost doubled, but it's almost doubled to like 200, I think. Yeah. So that's your, your way in the, it is what it is at this point. So yeah, I'm interested to see what happens over the next few weeks. It's going to be, you know, hopefully Tennessee. I don't know how often they're testing. If they're just testing when it's symptoms, I don't know. Did they, have they said that? I don't think I, I read that. Um, I don't know. I, okay. I think we'll have sports. That's, that's, I guess most people that listen to this. That's yeah. what yeah, I they think care about. So I think, right. I think sports are coming back. I think the I, question now is, do you have sports with fans? Yeah. That's, yeah. I think the, I think that's the question now. I think you definitely get sports back. It's just sports with fans, I think, is the biggest mm. question. Yep. And I, th- um, the MLB commissioner, he was mentioning that they asked, what's, what's the percentage that we get baseball back this season? And he said 100%. So, at least you'll have sports. I mean, that's that's the thing right now. Is it's like, like that's a bold claim for him to say when they can't agree on anything right now. The yeah, players that, and is, the, that is a bold claim. The Players Association um, and the owners. Which makes me think it's like the conversation between the two, yeah, we want baseball, but we want – you know, stip- there's different stipulations we right. need to go through to get there. So. Right. The uh, the NBA is, <clears throat> I guess they've agreed to come back, but there's still a lot of hurdles, I guess. Yeah, I haven't read much on the NBA. I, I thought it was a done deal, like you said. But, yeah, but I think there's still yeah, a lot of not. yeah. I think there's still a lot of questions surrounding it. Mm-hmm. So I guess we'll see in the next coming weeks. Um, I, I think they're supposed to finish in like October. Yeah, I think is when the finals mm-hmm. are. So I got. I guess the MLB is willing to push it all the way back to December. So I think they want to be done. They so the the new the MLBPA um, and the commissioner they had a agreement with like eighty nine games, and I think gotcha. that ended sometime in October. Dang. 
Maybe. When would they have to start to get that in? I think by July. And I mean, how many, like, especially when you're talking, I guess pitchers have had to be tramming. Think about pitchers. Yeah. I guess they're probably going to have to expand the roster a little bit to allow. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, because I assume you don't have minor league teams playing. No, I doubt. So it. I, I guess you're going to expand that roster to to make room for probably for, for pitchers and guys and that, yeah, like and that. guys to move around for injuries. So yeah. I guess we'll see that, that. Like I said, the sports coming back. Um, fans are the only question, and we'll see. We'll know in the. I mean, I, I imagine that decision's got to be made pretty soon, at least uh, yeah. in terms of, like what the next month, month and a half. Yep. So we'll see. I'm excited. Sports are coming back. I will. I will gladly <laughs> watch on TV. I know a lot of people are like that ruins the sports environment. It's far and away better than no sports. Exactly. Yeah, yeah that, that's that's my thing. I, I need something in my life, and, yeah, some, and some I'll, the, I'll take what I can get. Right. Some of these same people who are like, I don't want to watch a dude play video games are also saying they wouldn't watch sports if there weren't fans there. Yeah, that's... How often are you like, oh, look at the crowd. That's awesome. Now, I, I really want to like, like save those tweets and like actually point it out. Like, no, you can't watch it yeah. because right. it, it's on. Exactly. Yeah. That's very true. You should not be allowed to watch if you were... Against it originally, right. so I agree with that. Um, let's look at the preseason rankings. Two four seven released their uh, top twenty five. Tennessee lands inside the top twenty five, and I found it interesting. They said they were probably one of the more overhyped teams, but they said, and I do kind of agree with the sentiment. They said you can't deny what they did at the end of the season, what Tennessee did at the end of se- end of the season. Um, you got to put them there, but with with the way the the schedule kind of lays out and. Um, a lot of questions on the roster. This could be a team that doesn't finish in the top 25. Yeah. I mean, I guess that. But you look at who's behind us. I'm like, that team's not better than us. That team's not better than well, us. Well, like, Cincinnati is 25. And, yeah, it has to do with the schedule. But if you lose to – so there's there's four top seven teams that we play. Right. And, and, and I want to mention, as far as overhyped teams go, you talk about the teams behind us. If you look at the teams in front of us, too, let's start at number 15, Oklahoma State. They finished 8-5. and five. Which is what one better than us? Yep, one win better than Tennessee. Um, they played two top twenty-five opponents, or they only had two top twenty-five wins. They they do return a really good roster, and I think that's why they get the bump to fifteen. But I feel like that's probably the, a very similar question to Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And then number sixteen USC, they return a good quarterback, and that's that's about it on the the. Well, so we went offense. eight and five. It was it eight and five. Yeah, we went okay. eight and five. Yeah. Well, so even. Wow, even yeah, <laughs> even, um, even better. And then USC had two tw- top twenty-five wins, and then number nineteen, who I think is the probably most overhyped team in the top twenty-five, that's UNC. They did, they played one ranked opponent, no top twenty-five wins last year. Went seven and six, ranked number nineteen now. In a terrible conference. In a terrible mm-hmm. conference, they played one ranked opponent that was Clemson. I think they lost by twenty. That's crap. So, do I think Tennessee potentially could be overhyped when you look at this top twenty-five? Sure. Are there more teams that can be overhyped or just as overhyped? Yeah, absolutely. There are. Uh, so I think that's kind of, you know, and I think Tennessee has the ability to finish. I, think, I feel like this raw, I mean, we've talked about the schedule. We, we went through it the other night or a couple weeks ago, and I like the way the schedule lays out. There's tough opponents. How many did you say? There's four teams we play in the top ten? Top seven. Top seven. They're, <laughs> yeah, they're in the top. They're all in the top seven. Yeah. All the ranked opponents on our schedule are in the in the top seven. You're right. And, um but it, overall, I, I like the way the schedule lays out. Now, I don't remember if it was this article or just a tweet I read. Said the good, kind of the good news about Tennessee is you find out you'll find out by like week four if they're the real deal or not. Yeah. So you get to find out real early on. You're not marking a week ten game going. Yep, this is it for them. Um, you find out real early on with Oklahoma and Florida early in the schedule. Yeah, and 
you know, that's Tennessee's got to start off a lot better than they did last year. Yeah. Or it's yeah. it's going to take its hold. Um, but they they have the returning production, and so our returning production is fiftieth. Yeah, I saw that. I look at one above us, Arizona State. There's some. They had a true freshman quarterback last year, um, and Marvin Lewis is their coach, which we all know who. <laughs> we all know about Marvin Lewis. And no, not, not Marvin Lewis. Wait, Arizona State. Oh, Herm Edwards. Herm Edwards. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I was sorry. Both terrible. Coaches. Yeah, yeah. Not a, <laughs> playoffs. Um, but the, their returning production is seventy second. Yeah, there was one ranked above us. I think they were ranked above us. That was like 103rd or something like that. So UCF is 38th. UNC is 18th. Uh, Maybe Minnesota's 86th. How's Minnesota on it? I, I get them being in the top 25. I mean, they almost. They Michigan's 125th. That was it. That was them. Okay. And I, they're number 17. As much as it sucks that Minnesota ranked not only above us, but in the top 25, I do get it. Do, and I feel like it's easier. Are to, they the team in the opposite. Um, of Penn State, Michigan, and Ohio State? I want to say yes, because didn't they lose? That, okay, that would that, make more sense. But if they have to play those three teams, there's no way. See, that they don't. They definitely don't have to play those. So, yeah, I guess. Let me look. Because I, I feel like they lost two games last year. Did it, did it say what their record was? And um, I think they were the – I think they played Penn State in, like, the final week and then – um. and then lost. That's them. right, because they, uh, they wanted – um, is that the one where ESPN or uh, College Game Day was going to get to? They're real upset about it. Yeah. 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 So they're not. They're not. They're in the, in the East West. division. Yeah. Okay. Which I thought they had like I thought they were the Big Ten had like the champions and the didn't they have a funny name for them? I don't remember. So they didn't even get to go. To, never mind. They didn't get to go to the championship. It looks like unless they surely they wouldn't get bumped behind. Oh, so they don't have to play Penn State or Ohio State this year. That's why they're so far up there the only team they have to play is wisconsin and i think michigan and iowa comes to them so they lost did they lose to iowa is that what it was they lost to iowa last year Yeah, i think so um but one, one thing i want to point out is like they call us like the overhyped team but look at like the teams that are receiving votes iowa yeah indiana no louisville uh, Washington. Both these are all outside the Miami, Nebraska, Kentucky, Memphis. Yeah. Like we're better than all those teams. So I, I don't think so. How are we overhyped if we're at twenty two and the teams behind us are a lot worse than us? I definitely understand the caution. I mean, I'm not willing to call yeah. Tennessee overhyped. I because I thought when we're looking at the preseason rankings before I even clicked on the article, I assumed Tennessee would be in that top twenty five somewhere. I didn't know where. I thought just I thought right at. Somewhere in the twenty, because I think when you talk about those lower level teams, um, in terms of out outside the Power Five, UCF, Cincinnati, teams like that, I feel like preseason rankings, it's hard to put them past twenty. I think UCF's nineteen, right? No, that's UNC. Are they twenty? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So I, I get that. I, I'm not against UCF being ranked above Tennessee in the pre, in the twenty twenty preseason rankings or whatever. Yeah. But, so it, are they? Are they doing like the? Are they basing the teams off like last year and like the production coming back? Or are they basing it off the schedule of this year? I think it's I, the way I read this article, and I think Athlon did a top twenty-five how it would finish. Okay, I think this is coming into this year, like week one. Here's your rankings. I think hmm. I don't think that's how they would finish. Okay, I don't know. Don't hold me to that. I think that's like week one. Here's how we would vote to. To be your number one. Right. Okay. Or I mean, one through 25. 
Yeah, I, 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 think, I mean, yeah, I think you, 22 is like I, I feel like I don't disagree with that at all. Right. Um, now I don't. Now some of the ones in front of us, I'm like, yeah, we could probably beat them. Um, but I, I think 22 is a good spot. Right. I think it's gonna be really. You mentioned we talked about how there's so the four ranked teams on our on Tennessee's schedule is uh, number three Alabama, number four Georgia, number six Florida, and number seven Oklahoma. Yep. Florida and Oklahoma will definitely be in, ranked in the top ten by the time we play them. You assume Alabama will. And if Georgia's not ranked in the top ten by the time we see them in uh, November, they're going to be top 15, top 12. They're going to be right in that range. Yeah. I, I want to be where we – when we played ranked opponents, I want to be ranked also. Yeah, that would be it, fun. <laughs> it, it really sucks when you're watching on TV – and another, the other team has the little number next to it, and we don't. Well, and you just don't get to talk about a ranked matchup. And, and yeah, um, now that's something that we want to boost other people's schedules. That too, <laughs> exactly. I mean, it. The issue with always having the toughest schedule in the conference, or the toughest schedule in the country, it means you're probably not very good because you look at the flip side. And I know Alabama doesn't schedule the easiest out of conference opponents, but they also have one of the you know middle of the pack easiest schedules in the conference because. They beat the crap out of everybody. Yeah, I would love to. I would love to get to where we are playing an easy schedule. Yeah, and, and I like what you said. Tennessee is going to be tested early. You know that defense that gave up fifteen point five points per game last year is going to be tested with that Oklahoma offense. Yeah, and, and if he, I mean if they come up and hold Oklahoma to fifteen seventeen points, I think whoa. Like, I mean, I mean, because who, who's going to be able to score on us if Oklahoma can't score on you? I don't think. Anybody will besides maybe Alabama. I don't see Georgia scoring a ton of points on us. I think Alabama's a question mark, too, in terms of offense. Their offense production has obviously been better lately, um, but this season is going to be a a very different look than the past four or five seasons. And you got to come to us. Exactly. And then Florida. No uh, light show for you. (laughs) Right. And I think Florida, too, is a a good, when you talk about that, you're testing that defense. Florida's returning arguably the best quarterback in the SEC. I realize a lot of that's by default. There's just not another (laughs) quarterback left in the SEC. But the fact is he's one of, if not the best right now in the SEC as it stands today in Kyle Trask. So I I think you get a good test of that. Um, of that uh, defense early, and we're going to preview Charlotte. And Charlotte, I think, will be a good – and it's going to be vanilla. It's not going to look – you know, it's not going to be a bunch of dialed-up blitzes. And, um, but they're but you, returning – You a, at least got to win the game. Yeah, and, but they're, they're going to return a, a pretty good quarterback that should test you both with his feet and his arm. So I think you get a good look at this defense early. And, yeah, I think if you get out of uh, Florida and Oklahoma and you're still talking about averaging 15, 20 points a game – you could be looking at two wins. Yeah. Now, going to take a lot from the offense because I don't know if I – if you don't score 20 points on Oklahoma, hang up the cleats. Like, yeah, that might yeah, be that, 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 See, that's <laughs> the, that's the other worry. Um, you look at that defense, and if they come up strong, you got a, a pretty dang good defense on your hands. Right. But the flip side of that, if you're not able to score on that defense, Jesus, it's going to be rough. Right. Um. We, who replaces Georgia State on the schedule? That's uh, that's Charlotte. That's the opening game. We're about to talk about them, yeah. actually. Um, I have a question on here, too. Right. And, and Well, someone said preseason rankings are unbelievable. They never look like that in your week five. Preseason rankings are very difficult. They don't um, mean anything. They, and, they, and they don't <laughs> we, mean We talk about stars not meaning anything. Yeah. Preseason rankings do not mean they anything. Mean, they mean just about as, about as much. Um, but I, I think it's a good gauge. And, and it's one of the reasons why also we're looking at these opponents week by week. Cause I think it's going to give you a better idea. Um, why Tennessee should, you know, cause I think it, I think as far as 
the top ten teams, I think preseason rankings are, are pretty accurate and mm-hmm. pretty. The, how often are the top ten teams not in the top fifteen, top twenty at the end of the season at least? Yeah. So I think when you look at the top ten, it's it's pretty accurate. Outside of that, yeah, it, it looks way different at the end of the season and probably looks way different in week five too when you're talking about 15 through 25. Yep. But top 10, they're going to be in there, hanging around there somewhere. Right. Um, so, yeah. And, and like you said, it does create fun banter. So, um, Chad Jinks asked, how do you feel about the O-line this year? I think I as mean, good as I've ever felt about an offensive line. And if Cade Mays gets eligible, even better. Yep. So. And I think, uh, I think he's going to get eligible. Right. Bold prediction, he's going to get eligible. Absolutely. I, I think so, too. Um, um, we also like have one too. more question. Uh, Dustin Seller says, Hey, guys, do you feel about the – how do you feel about the fact that all teams are missing spring practice? Will our new additions help in that regard? Um, I, I think you got kind of – it obviously hurts to not right. have spring practice, but guys that were going to be here in the summer anyway, it doesn't really do – I think the only person it really hurts is probably Harrison Bailey. In terms of being QB1 on day one, yeah. Right. I mean, if he had a chance, it's probably gone now yeah. against Charlotte. Mm-hmm. But, um, you like, I mean, a lot of the majority of the guys, I think we had four or five early enrollees. So it's not hurting the majority of your freshmen. Now, Jeremy Pruitt will say it every single time. Um, you never you never take a practice for granted. So you lost 12 practices mm-hmm. or whatever and three, two, three scrimmages. Um, and that hurts your team. The good news is everybody missed those in turn. So, I mean, you're not falling behind anybody. Yep. That's the good news. But, yeah, it's definitely going to change a lot for uh, it. You know, coaches are going to be evaluating very different in the summer than they normally have. Yeah, I'll, I'll say this. Um, last year, Henry Toto was a summer enrollee. He wasn't yeah. early enrollee, yeah. and he started day one. So, That's it's not point. out of the realm of possibility that you can that you can start day one and not be an early enrollee. Yeah, it's very, it's very true. Good point. Um, let's look at Charlotte. Did someone mentioned on here, uh, P Digits mentioned, uh, Charlotte is building very young program, but heading in the right direction. That's pretty accurate representation of who they are. Um, they had a pretty solid season last year. They did start off pretty rough, but finished seven and six. Very similar to Tennessee's schedule. And, um, and when you look at their head coach, Will Healy, I believe is how you say his name. He was at Austin P a couple years ago. Um, and I, they were, we'll see. They were one and forty six before he arrived. Austin P. I think they had a twenty nine game losing streak at one point. That man, probably one and forty six in the last forty seven games. Yeah. Um, and then seven and one, I think, is how he started with him his first year. Let me make sure that's right. But regardless, I mean, a good coach, a solid coach. I yeah, mean, and he brought in the I think the number one FCS recruiting class. Oh wow. Okay. So yeah, and, and he, he had a heck of a season. Yeah. So he's. I mean, Will Healy's got. He's he's done it at another program at least and kind of turned that around. I, I don't know what that looks like comparatively speaking to a, a program like Charlotte. I think he's um, I think he's the uh, youngest head coach or at least one of the youngest. He's only thirty five years old. Yeah, this will be his third season at Charlotte. Um, I don't know what his other records were prior to uh, prior to this season uh, or last season. I guess I don't know what that record in two thousand eighteen was. But when he was at Austin P, it was it was eight and four. Overall, eight and one against FCS opponents. So um, he's obviously doing. He's he's obviously got some talent. This um, is second year, third year, third year. So he Charlotte. his first year was 2018 at Charlotte, uh, and then he had I believe that's right. Let me show that's right. I thought it was his second it, year. See, I think it has him listed as second year, but I don't think it's updated. What's it say, coaching? Yeah, no, 2019. Okay, so okay. this is second year. Second year. Um, and then. 
also a little uh, coach. Speaking of the coaching staff, Montero Hardesty will be his uh, first season, I believe, right at Charlotte. Second, second, okay. yeah, second season. Coming back at Charlotte. home, yeah, as wide receivers coach. Yeah, and uh, so little Tennessee ties there. He was actually spent some time on this staff before, uh, and then obviously graduated from Tennessee in two thousand nine, or played his last season in two thousand nine. I believe. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, so Montero Hardesty's there. Um, actually, we talked a little bit about Charlotte unintentionally last episode because I told you that uh, they were on Athlon Sports 2020 teams on the rise. Yeah. So they've they've marked they've you know marked uh, Neely and the staff and this program as a as a team to kind of look out for. Uh, I mean, I I from what I can gather, they've got a really good shot of improving. See, I feel like for lower non-power five FBS opponents, it's kind of tough to really improve on that record. Mm-hmm. That's like because you're going to play probably two FBS opponent or power five opponent power right. five opponents where you get paid to come and ideally you get your brains beat in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> ideally for the the power five school. Um, so I feel like it's really you know I feel like you've got two guaranteed losses on that schedule. I don't know if that's fair to call them that, um, but it, it's all. I mean. I can think we call the best guaranteed losses. The best you can do is like Appalachian State. I mean, that's yeah. You you lose those two games, but you win everything else. You get a a good bowl game, and you know that's probably the that's the uh, that's the world of the non power yeah, five that's, schools. That's the best probably you're gonna get. Yeah, and I mean you know, I've, I don't I don't think we've ever seen really like a a power five go and I guess UCF who they I mean what what are the power five opponents that they were beating the year they. I don't think they were. I think that they, was the they issue. Were none, <laughs> yeah. They were none powerful. They avoided them. Yeah. Um, this year, they'll play Tennessee, obviously, Duke. Um, and I think that's it for Power 5 opponents. That is. so. And those are early on in the schedule. So they've got an early test as well. Uh, they do return their starting quarterback, Chris Reynolds. And he, he had 3,000 yards total offense. Threw for 2,500, 22 TDs and, and 11 interceptions. So it's... They do, re, you know, they do return off the vocal point of their, their offense. They did lose... Um, ben LeMay, their running back, and he had 1,300 yards total offense and 13 TDs. They also so, lost their, their best offensive tackle to the draft. Yeah. I think he was a fourth-round pick. So they, they did lose quite a bit of talent. Um, I think they got – I think they were listed as one of the better teams that went in and got a good group of transfers. Uh, so they got Derek Boykins um, from South Carolina, Trey Harbinson. He's a running back from Northern Illinois. And uh, I think those two are kind of the the big names on the list. And then they've got um, I think Harbinson had like twelve hundred yards. Yeah, I think he's supposed to be the starter when he transfers yeah. in here. So I don't think they lose a ton at running back when you look at this Charlotte team and maybe even potentially get better. Uh, now he's transferred from Northern Illinois. He's not a he didn't come from Power Five where he rushed for twelve hundred yards. Right, so that that's good. Um, but I, I think they've got a good transfer class coming in here that should give them some. Um, I expect uh, those guys that. Think everybody, but Harbinson's a graduate transfer, so he's definitely eligible. And then it looks like everybody else transferred from FBA or from Power Five schools, so they'll probably be eligible. So I think, I, I mean, I think Charlotte's gonna be. I, I hope it's not like a test like Georgia State or App State a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um. But I hope you know it, it. It's gonna be good if you play a, a strong opponent that you should beat week one. That, mm-hmm. I feel like that's always good. Um. I, surely that mistake doesn't get made twice in you know in two seasons. I. I it would blow my mind if that happens, um, but I, I don't think Charlotte's also you know for the the I don't think Charlotte's as weak as I feel like Georgia State came in and were kind of was kind of able to um, 
not necessarily play their game and find a way to, to beat Tennessee. They had kind of had to go off the cuff and, and run probably something that was a different style. I think they kept with that style throughout the season, though. Um, so, I'm kind of, you know, Charlotte might play more to our favor. Yeah. Uh, I think their defense is going to be um, kind of rough. They they lose their, their best pass rusher. He had 14 sacks, 21.5 tackles for loss. That was Alex Highsmith. I think he was a third-round draft pick. Yeah. And they're – yeah. Um, and they lose their best DB, who was a Tennessee transfer. Mark Will Osborne had mm-hmm. three picks last season. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't see their defense being very good. They ranked a hundred and third. They finished the season hundred and third, anyways. Yeah. So and, and they and yeah, and like they lost their best couple players. So yeah, yep. that's that's gonna be tough to replace. Um, but like you said, you, you just hope that this staff just doesn't look like or overlook another opponent, right? That and I think with Jeremy Pruitt, he doesn't. So far, he hasn't made the same mistake twice, right? Um, so hopefully, and and this is a, a hump for him. He isn't since he's been at Tennessee. He hasn't won a season opener. Nope, got to win a season opener. You have um, to, and, and you and you you lose your one to a G five school. You you can't do that anymore, right? Um, I, I think if you lose to Charlotte, the hot seats, it, it's going to be hot. There's going to be Real a hot. ton. Yeah, I mean, there's going to there's gonna be a ton of very fair questions that are asked. Um, if if you lose, like you said, you, you kind of got your your one benefit of the doubt with your loss to Georgia State out of the way. You, you can't do that again. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I, but this team has a this team has a. I feel like a good opportunity to go in and beat a respectable non-power five opponent. And I feel like at the end of the last season, I feel like this team kind of got their mojo. They they figured out how to win. Um, and now you hope that you're able to to keep building on what you did and just beat the – last year you beat the teams that you should have beat at the end of the season. Now you got to go in and beat them soundly. Right. Um, right. And so, you know, Charlotte's no different. I feel like this, team, this staff is going to prepare just like it's any other SEC game. Yeah. Got to prepare. Uh, I mean, just like if you're preparing for a West Virginia or Oklahoma week one, you, you need to prepare for a team like Charlotte because you don't want what happened with Georgia State last year. Yeah, and, and I kind of want. I want to see. I want to see. I know. I understand a lot of colleges uh, approaches to games like this. A lot of staffs. I think it shouldn't be. Um, I think you have too many questions coming into the season, and it can't be an approach like normal. I think you have to come in and um, approach it with the thought of. Kind of answer answering questions mm-hmm. as far as uh, getting prepared for Oklahoma because you don't go and play uh, UTC the next weekend. Yeah, so it's definitely a different que- it's definitely a different thing. The, your approach should be a little bit different in this game when when you talk about Charlotte. Um, this is week one for Charlotte. I, I you know I talked about them playing Duke in, in week three, um, but I, I'm curious to see how this team finishes. They they don't play App State this year. That was one of their losses on the schedule last year. Um, they do play Georgia State. They play FAU, who I would imagine isn't going to be as good with the loss of uh, Lane Kiffin. I don't know who even replaced him. Do you? No. Probably Charlie Strong or something. Like <laughs> um, I guess like always on the hot seat. Right. No matter where he goes, he's always on the hot seat. It's, a, it's the Texas trait following him. Yeah. And then uh, North Texas, FIU, UTEP after that, Middle Tennessee, Old Dominion, Marshall, and Western Kentucky. Uh, I mean, the good news is if you're talking about strength of schedule, I feel like Tennessee, uh, you know, got one of the better non-power five teams you could play without really testing the waters with like a UCF. Right. You're not, you're not, yeah. you're not looking at a, law, a potential loss in week one. This should be a win. 
Um, you should. It, it's that simple. It should be a win and um, dominate. Yep. Yep. Um, I do want to. Uh, so I said the Charlotte 49ers, how they got their name. It's incredibly stupid. So they see for some reason this the the logo looks like it's something with a horn. It doesn't look it does like a 49er like to me. It does kind of look like that. <laughs> um, but they, I mean, they got their name from the 49ers, from the Gold Rush. Uh, he, so they, I think the school was about to get shut down. And I guess the president at the time, he thought it their spirit to bring the university back to not get it shut down embodied the same spirit of the Gold Rush. Yeah, I'm like, that's who you picked out? Like, were you there? Did you experience yeah. that? Yeah. This is in 1949, so I guess that helps. It's so, your spirit. school is founded on greed. Great. <laughs> but I'm just like, I don't, I don't know. But anyways, he thought they, um, he thought it embodied the, universe, the spirit. Then apparently, I don't remember this driving to Charlotte, but apparently, uh, well, I guess we didn't get off the exit. Is that what it was? So, the... Um, the main campus is right off of Highway 49. Oh. And apparently that's a pure coincidence. I'm like, I feel like I would just be like, yeah, that's why we're in the 49. Yeah, yeah. Come up with, yeah, that's a way better explanation. Than, than being the part of the gold rush. Yeah. So uh, they were also the Owls before they before 1949 when they changed the 49ers. Yeah, that's so. a cooler name too. A cooler I, nickname. They were all, I find this funny. I, uh, they were the Owls because they were a night school. <laughs> They're nocturnal. I like it. <laughs> that is funny. Yeah, I'm like that. I mean, it makes more sense than being the 49ers because you, I don't know. Because something that happened across the country. That has nothing to do with it. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, you think high schoolers or high schools take bad logos like and na- nicknames from people? Yeah, no, that's way worse. So, yeah. I thought that was interesting though because I think everybody has always wondered how in the world a team in Charlotte, North Carolina landed on the 49ers. So, now you at least know why. I'm not saying it's right and they should keep it, but... You know why now. Change the name. I'm with it. Go back to the Owls. Yep. We're going back to the Owls. Have some uh, quick little news real quick. Um, so, Tennessee's trending for four-star tight end Hudson Wolf. A little recruiting jab in there. Yeah. Um, getting some crystal balls. Um, it looks like it's between us and Ohio State. And uh, Ohio State's got that number one recruiting class in the country. But no siree. <laughs> Not get him out of Tennessee. Um it looks like he's he's trending to Knoxville, so that's that's big, um, and he's big. Yeah, he he's is six he's... six, two hundred forty five pounds. Um, I mean, we we've talked about it multiple times. Two years ago, we didn't even have offensive linemen that big. Yeah, we it seemed and, like anyway. And we've got a receiver on the <laughs> roster right now that's pretty much that big. Yeah, <laughs> so it's a uh, it's it's gonna be nice too if you get a true and talented tight end mm-hmm. um, that can play, you know, in the passing and the rushing game. Yeah. And then uh, Jalen Johnson announced that he's not headed to ETSU. He's headed to Wake Forest and following Steve Forbes. I'm glad he got. I'm glad he got the opportunity. I'm sure it wasn't an immediate thing because you had to look at, uh, you know, you had to look at Ross. You know what the roster looked like, scholarships available, mm-hmm. things like that. When Steve Forbes got the job at Wake Forest, so I'm glad that worked out for Jalen Johnson because I mean I'm sure he was going to be coached by like he didn't go to ETSU to play at ETSU. Yeah. It was to be coached by Steve Forbes. I'm curious to see how he plays at Wake Forest. We heard for two years that he was the best player on the roster at Tennessee. Yeah, Steve Forbes able to get that out of him. I think it's a – if he does, I think you got to be like, okay, can uh, Steve Forbes take over after Rick Barnes? I was hoping Steve Forbes would stay at ETSU until Rick Barnes left. I was hoping Steve Forbes would be the replacement when, when Rick, I'm also when like – I'm also like 
Kim English too. So I mean, yeah. e- either one of those guys, I'd I'd probably be satisfied with. Right. I, I would agree. I would agree. Um. Also, the SEC announced it will hold the virtual SEC yes. media days. Yep. Um. So I guess via Zoom. I yeah, guess I got it. For Alabama fans, none of them can attend. <laughs> Tough to get internet out there. I don't know. I heard. Uh, it's gonna take uh, Nick Saban. Um, yeah, he doesn't even have an email. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be rough. Somebody's just gonna have to like go in there with it and just like put it on him unexpectedly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um. I'm, yeah. It's gonna be. It's gonna be fun. I mean, first off, I don't, why would you? I feel like in this day and age, why don't you just do, do it anyway? Yeah. I guess that's the whole like tradition of it. But I mean, it's. I, I guess it, yeah, it just has to do with, like, you get to go and, and blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, everybody's watching on TV anyway. Right. So, that's going to make no difference to us, really. Right. Unless you're an Alabama fan that gets to go and crash a hotel in Birmingham for a day. <laughs> it's, it's every Alabama fan's dream. We're going to Birmingham to stay in the Marriott. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why it's in Birmingham. <laughs> why, why is Alabama well, the... The weren't, SEC capital. Weren't they going to move it to Atlanta? Well, that's where the SEC offices are. Right. But I mean, like, so, they move so Hoover is the yeah the baseball? Yeah, I just don't understand. It's cheap. <laughs> yeah. Um, cheap, cheap rent there. Um, you ready to go to the draft? You got anything else? Any, any, that's all I got. Anything else extra? Some, in there? some quick news. Well, the draft started. Um, the pick's on Baltimore now. So, uh, but... Uh, Let's talk about the Vols in the MLB draft because you're going to see – you've got potential to hear a couple names tonight. Yeah, I think I think you'll just hear one this to, week. One tonight, yeah, this week. Um, and that's a left-handed pitcher, Garrett Crochet. Only pitched once um, this season. He had some shoulder soreness early in the season, so didn't really get to see him very much. Um, but the guy's got the stuff. He, he's a left-handed – I think he's 6'5". Um, got a you know high velocity on his fastball, good changeup. So I mean, I mean, he's the the absolute real deal, and I think anywhere from about ten to twenty is where you'll see his name called. Um, and then you have Alex Solari would probably be the next one. He's kind of in that third round range. Um, preseason All American, All SEC last season, or, or first team All SEC last mm-hmm. season, where he batted three fifty seven with seventy hits, um, eleven home runs. Started the season off very cold. Um, I, I don't think he got over a hundred on his batting average until the seventh game. Um, and, and then didn't he, how many home runs did he have early in the season? So didn't have very many home runs. Um, the last game of the season, he actually had two. He finished the 16 games with five. I was about to say, okay, I thought he had five in the 16 games. Yeah, so so uh, on track to hit more than last year, but yeah, so I didn't he, realize, I didn't he, realize he, they all came in the last couple. He, he got, he got hot time. toward the, the end of that there before COVID started. Um, and actually got his average all the way up to 267. Gotcha. Um, with five home runs. Um, last game he went three for five, four RBIs, and uh, had two home runs in that game. Gotcha. I think the last one he hit, um, I think I tweeted out, he just hit Dollywood. Yeah. I mean, Because it was a no-doubter. Yeah, he's, he's, he's got the ability. He's, I mean, he, he finished – he led the team in just about every batting statistic last year. Mm-hmm. Um. And uh, I didn't. You meant Garrett Crochet. Jump back to him real quick. I didn't realize Tony Vitello made a Twitter just to just to, just to talk about Garrett Crochet. Like, <laughs> that was pretty much it. So uh, I noticed he did just randomly make a Twitter. Oh, you speaking know, of balls, Chris Burt. There you go. About a month ago, I noticed he made a uh, uh, a Twitter account, but I didn't realize it was just to 
haggles <laughs> just to, the team. Yeah, just, just to mention his love for Garrett Crochet. So that's that's funny. Yeah. So uh, um, going back to Garrett Crochet with you, this could be Tennessee's first uh, first round draft pick since 2016 when Nick Senzel got drafted number two overall to the Reds. Yeah. Um, and now he's he's in the bigs. Yep. Um, so hopefully you're able to see. Hopefully he goes to a team where it's a lot easier. You know, I, I've seen some. Uh, mocks where the the White Sox have him at number eleven. I think fourteen is the Rangers. I've seen a lot of them, um, so I think the Rangers would be a great spot. Yeah, um, I mean I don't think the White Sox would be bad either, and that's not a a bad place to go. Watch him play, right? I mean, obviously you'd want to go see the Cubs if you're in <laughs> Chicago, but hey, I guess if you're going to see Garrett Crochet, you make some. Um, some sacrifices, but uh, the next kind of guy on that list is, is right-handed pitcher Jackson Leaf, who was a um, JUCO transfer and then transferred to Tennessee this past season. Um, he was kind of the surprise in that bullpen. Um, mm-hmm. he, he had five outings, um, was four and zero in those five outings. I think he um, the one that he didn't win. I think he only pitched an inning. Uh, he had twenty nine strikeouts and just um, eighteen point two innings pitched. I think his first outing, he actually had 12 strikeouts. Um, so, did a heck of a job. You, and kind of all these guys, you want to see, like, what it'd actually be like if they got to finish out the season. Right. Um, especially Garrett Crochet, which he, he like I said, he played one, he pitched one time. Um, Jackson Leith was on a hot, hot streak. He's probably gone for sure if none of this happens. I think I think all Jackson Leith. Yeah, all, yeah. all four of these players are probably gone if and this doesn't happen. You have a regular draft. Um Vitello mentioned too that Jackson Leith came here to pitch SEC competition. And yeah. That just he never got the chance to do that because mm-hmm. of uh the way everything happened. They didn't make it to an SEC game. Yep. So um so I mean I don't know if I see him drafted in the first five in these five rounds. Um, but I think him coming back to Tennessee, I think that helps their roster. Yeah. Uh, it helps, definitely helps their pitching rotation. And, uh, you know, hopefully he's able to hear his name called a lot earlier next season. Yeah, I'm curious. I'm, you know, that that's something we talked about at the beginning of the show in terms of guys that return. You, you know, you see Solari and uh, Crochet leave, and uh, those are pretty much guarantees. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, so you do you think Leith comes back? Or do you, I mean, where – where does it projected that he? I don't. I don't. If if he's drafted, it's in the fifth round. Um, which isn't. Which it, yeah, that's I mean, that's that's good. I mean, if you get drafted in, in these five rounds, I think you're gone. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's the thing is, you know, when you're talking about returning, you look at typically you have forty rounds, so you're going. Mm-hmm. Just because you're drafted doesn't mean you're gone. With this year's draft, if you're drafted, you're you're gone. Yeah. Because and, and the good happen. thing about going back to school is like you don't lose a year. No. Um. I mean, obviously you get another year older, but. You know, you don't lose a, a year of eligibility in case something happens. Right, right. Um, so, I mean, uh, ha- having him back would be awesome. Um, the next guy is outfielder Zach Daniels. All the intangibles and, and finally got it all put together, and and then COVID happened. He was batting uh, 357 in those 16 games, which is what Alex Solari um, finished with when he was first-team All-SEC. Right. Um did it, did a great job this season. Um, he's powerful. He's I think he's the strongest one in the on the team. Um, one of the most athletic. He actually in the Round Rock Classic against the number one team in the country. Uh, he started off that scoring by hitting an inside the park home run. 
Um, Which is so, insanity. To me. Yeah, so just a, a solid athlete. And you look at last year, batted 200. Wow. year before that, yeah. batted 160. Um, so he, he finally put it all together. I think strikeouts was his, you know, just not being able to see. The, I don't I don't know what the issue was, but mm-hmm. just did, could not produce at the plate. Um, but whatever Tony Vitello did, he did right. Right. And uh, and that, that's why Zach Daniels had 20 hits, four homers, 18 RBIs, and just those 16 games. Um, and then was that Round Rock Classic MVP. Right. So just a solid, solid player. Um, I, I think he's the one that, you wanted to see that season finish out. Um, oh yeah, yeah. For him, the most because you know he was on his way to be first team All SEC. Um, which, if you're first team All SEC, you're probably a All American, <laughs> right? That's almost a guarantee. And and, and, and you're getting dra- you're hearing your name called right um, pretty early. So I, I don't know if he gets drafted just because of the lack of production in his first two years and only getting 16 games in this season. Um, but, man, I'd love to have him back on, on Rocky Top 2. Absolutely. And a lot of people have mentioned in the chat that, hey, that we missed this college baseball season. I I mean, I was very excited to see what, what Tennessee did. And, um, you, and, yeah, these guys are obviously very talented. It's why you could hear their name called tonight or this week. And, um, mm-hmm. But it, it would there's also a ton of talent left on the roster. And that's you, – you do have next year to look forward to. That's good. Yeah. But it was it would have been very exciting to see what happened this year. Mm-hmm. I'm yep. confident we would have been farther farther than the uh, regional this year, or like we were last year. So, I agree, man. That's it's sucks. tough. It would have been it would have been cool to see Vitello build on on, on success. So, because I was going to go to Hoover, like that was the yep. one thing that I wanted to do this year was go to Hoover. I mean, Omaha would have been great, um, and if we made it, I probably would have ended up going. But uh, you know, Hoover was definitely on the radar, and I was definitely going to do that, but. I've heard it's one of the more fun uh, SEC weekends that, yeah. that the SEC holds. We'll have to we'll have to try to do it the baseball year. tournament. So, yeah, absolutely, it'd be a it'd be a good it'd be fun and uh, hopefully. And there's Tennessee beer in the stadium, so that's that's yeah. <laughs> Was that, has there always been beer in the stadium? I don't know. I don't know. Is there beer now? For sure. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Got it. I don't know because because this would have been the first year that they had it. I mean, it's in Hoover, Alabama. I mean, <laughs> Jesus, what else are you gonna do? <laughs> I know the biggest shock to me when I went to Alabama a couple years ago. 2013, I think, I went to Birmingham, and I can't remember what, right? I mean, we went to eat at, like, a Texas Roadhouse or, like, an Ochoa, like, something like that, like a, mm-hmm. a common chain. And we went in, and they asked us uh, if we'd like to sit in smoking or non-smoking. I was like, what? I haven't heard that in years. <laughs> so it was funny to hear that. I mean, they I don't know if that still exists in Alabama or not. How um, old is this place? <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, I don't think that's a thing anymore. But uh, that was I, I forgot what smoking in restaurants was like. Ugh. I haven't smoked in a restaurant, but like That's being gross. around it. Do you remember it being gross though? Like growing up, I don't. I don't. Really, I don't remember it. Period. I, um, I mean, I remember like at one point being asked smoking or non-smoking, but I just don't remember. And I'm. But the thing is, the whole restaurant smells right. When you, yeah. But I just don't remember it smelling so bad that like it. Uh, it affected. I do remember a couple meals where we would move because we got seated close to like the bar <clears> area. <throat> I do remember a couple meals like that, but like overall in the entire restaurant, we ate out all the time. Yeah, it never. Bothered. I guess it was like I don't remember it as much because my parents and your. I don't think your parents did either no. smoke. Um, so it wasn't like it was a big deal. No, no, but um, that, but I, I'm I'm just surprised that it didn't bother us more often. Right. Yeah. 
I am too. Because now I'm like, no, right. get away. From I wouldn't me. eat. I wouldn't even in a bar. I'm like, do you have to do it right here? <laughs> <laughs> Bars don't bother me as much, but like if I go to sit in a restaurant, I don't. Want yeah. to, I don't want somebody smoking around me. So um, I guess I've been we've been spoiled like that right. lately. Uh, I don't know if Alabama's like that. I'm sure it still is because it's Alabama. Who knows? Hate him. Doug's on the hot seat, man. Is he still, though? Because somehow, Now he's number one, so I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, if you thought the college football season was like real up and down, the college football uh, video game season is even more up and down. Yeah, NCAA lost, 14 is wild. Yeah, they lost two games, what, last night, and then won a game this morning, and now Doug's is ranked number one. Yeah, so they so they destroyed – he destroyed Maryland. I didn't even know he played. I woke up, and I was like, oh, he played a game. <laughs> Um, I think he played two games that night. No, the first night he just played oh, he Maryland. Just played one. Okay. Yeah. Um. Then the next day he played Virginia Tech again, yeah. lost to them. Still can't um, do it. Then put up a fifty burger against UNC and then lost to Florida on a field goal. And then uh, beat Michigan and number eighteen Georgia today, and now he's back up to number t- number one with two right. losses. Did you see how he lost to Florida exactly? I did. Like he ran, he tried to run out the time. Stupid. You just take your touchdown, man. Or you, because it would have the worst case scenario goes to overtime, dude. His his issue is that he listens. Like when he plays by himself, I feel like he's a better. No, his defense. He his defense his is defense atrocious. atrocious. But there there was one point. I think it was. I don't remember what game I was. I think it was the Florida game, and they were trying to get him to hold. Like he was like, "All right, what play do I do?" And they're like. Um, they ran zone, like four-man front zone. And it was third and nine, and the, the team was trying to run out the clock. They had run two straight downs before that. I was like, they're running the football. <laughs> Blitz. Or play man. And they got a first down. They ran it third and nine. For See, me. I think he runs man way too often. Yeah. Way too often. I'm like, It drives me nuts. I'm like, yeah. you're going to get beat man just about every and time. And, dude, like, he play. freaks out when he's – about to get like sacked. Oh yeah, and he throws a pick every single time. Yeah. Also, sick. I do appreciate though that he takes the uh, he takes the I guess panic breaks when he starts getting agitated. He pauses the game for a minute. Yeah. Like I, don't I need to learn to do baby. that. <laughs> yeah, don't like the baby. <laughs> I need to learn to do that. Um, yeah, though, Coach Doug, he's playing tonight. I think. I don't know who he plays tonight. Dang, he's playing another I, game. I think tonight. he's playing tonight. Look it up real quick. Jeez, he's he's going through the season. We're not even going to have time to tailgate it. <laughs> like I said, I think he's just trying to get get, get done, done with this one because he said he's going to stay at Tennessee for two years. So I think he's just uh, yeah, he had to make good on his word, right? I think he's hoping that Wisconsin job opens up. But if he keeps this crap up, though, he's not going to. Yeah, he didn't get in Wisconsin. Maybe maybe he'll slow down. Also, and... like good luck putting up fifty burgers on you know <laughs> Big Ten teams. Yeah, you got to run the ball the whole time. Yeah. I guess if you go and recruit the roster for it, though, it's going to be easy to score. They just kill the clock, so it's... Let's see. 9 p.m. versus Mizzou. There you go. Late game. Yeah. Late night game. That's like a West Coast game, right? Pretty much. As far Missouri? as Missouri is. Uh, yeah, no, that'd be a... That'd be a no, that'd be an 8 p.m. game in Missouri. Okay. Yeah. So not too bad for it. Not too bad for Missouri. It's, sucks, it's, it's West of us. Sucks for the East Coast. Yeah. Sucks for the East Coast. Um... I've got some questions. You got some? Yeah, I do. Um, so, Do- Dustin Sellers has another one. He said, how do you feel about JG's consistency now that he finally has the same coordinator for two years? I mean, I, I think it's – I think Yeah, I think it's a wait and see, but I, f- I feel like it definitely helps his case. Yeah. Um, not only having the best coordinator he's had 
and having him a second year, I think yeah. that only helps him. It certainly won't certainly won't hurt him. Uh, only time will tell if it helps him. I think his just inconsistency has been so he's been so inconsistent. It, it's hard to tell. Yeah, I, I think a lot of things have you know when against having a bad offensive line, and, and I'm not I'm not taking you know making excuses for the kid, um, but I think that and um, the offensive coordinator situation, yeah. I feel like that's. It's kind of been like building up in his mind, and I feel like it's just a head game with JG. And, right. and so last year, you know, he finally, I don't, there was some kind of interview he did after the Alabama game that was just like, hey, just smile more. Right. And he, I think his sister told him that and he started doing that, and, and it seemed to work. So whatever you got to do to to elevate your game, do loosen it. up, loosen up a little bit. That's yeah, smile a little bit, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've got. Uh, have you guys heard anything about? Fans being in Neyland, Trevor asked this. He also said, love the titles hat. Appreciate it. It's an awesome hat. I love this one. I kind of forget about it often. It gets left in the closet too much, so happy to wear it. Um, fans in Neyland. Nothing's been said officially. That's. I feel like that's the good news. I feel like the farther we get without them saying anything is, makes it more likely you get potential. I, I just don't see how you possibly get 100,000 people in there, though, Yeah. if you have fans. Um, I, I, you know, I've heard a number. That number was 36,000. I don't know exactly what that means, though. Yep. Is it 36,000 fans, 36,000 people total? I don't know. So, Because you do got to consider the sports staff. Media wouldn't get counted in fan when you're talking about fans alone. Um, you know, and then do the do the people in the suites count towards that? Because they're not in the bowl. They're, you know, they're, I don't know. Yeah, it's going to be a lot to figure out. I mean, I don't. And then, like, if you have that set number, is it a set number for the whole season or is right. it game by game? You know, there, there's going to be a lot of things they need to figure out. Um, but I do think you get some fans to at least see if it works. Well, I think – okay, I should say this. I think no matter what, if you have no fans, I think they'll at least let in – you'll have people in the stadium because I think family will be allowed in. Okay. Yeah. I think that'll be – that's, that's probably true. Unless something drastically changes in the next mm-hmm. two months, three months, so – yeah, I think I think you'll at least have family there. Um, also heard uh, we got this question. This is a fun one. Who's the most overrated coach in each division of the SEC? Um, I think the West is interesting because I think right now you could. Uh, I think right now it's Mike Leach. I'll say that. <clears throat> yeah. I think uh, so did he get? Didn't you say he, that he got somebody put him on like their best coaches in the SEC list? Yeah, he it was like it was like Nick Saban, Ed Orgeron, and Kirby Smart are the elite, and right under that is like really good, and it was like Mike Leach. Um, Jimbo Fisher. Yeah, that's garbage. Yeah. And then I think, okay, so Mike Leach is my obvious one in the West. I'm, I'm you know, I think the guy who could be creeping in there, especially when you're talking about for the money, it's got to be Jimbo Fisher. Yeah. $100 million contract, and I just, I'm not convinced he can produce. Yeah. I don't think so either. I mean, I, I'll be interested to see how good Mike Leach is in the SEC. He, I, he's, he's been offensive coordinator at Kentucky, but he also has a Heisman winning quarterback. Yeah. I mean, I think. I mean, I think they could be um, Hosman winning. Or, Heisman? or Heisman okay, candidate. Like, sorry, sorry. I was like, sorry. whoa, whoa. Sorry. Kentucky has a Hosman? <laughs> sorry. Um, I think Mike Leach is going to, you know, cause some issues in the in the, in the the West and probably make some games more interesting than they ever would be. But, I just, I mean, he's not going to win anything significant. No. It's not going to happen. He's not. Um, in the East, I think it's got to be uh, Will Muschamp. I think a lot of people put stock in a Muschamp. He obviously got another job in the in the SEC somehow. He's not. I mean, he probably should have been fired this past year. Honestly, mm. I I think I think that's 
that's one I think people are starting to figure out he's not as good of a coach as they thought he was. Um, I think Dan Mullen's up there. I mean, I, I don't think – I think he's done a decent job everywhere he's been, but I, I don't think he's – he hasn't won anything significant. He hasn't won anything significant, but I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt because he was at Mississippi State. That's true. That's true. So, I feel like he has, what, probably two more years to make it to an SEC title, and then you're – yeah, I think you, you can definitely call him overrated. I don't think he's – I don't think he's as great as people give him credit for right now, but I don't know if I'm willing to call him overrated yet. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't think I do not think he. So I guess overrated. But yeah, I don't. I don't think he's as overrated as Will Muschamp just because of he's had different challenges than Muschamp. Muschamp was at Florida and was terrible, and then got hired again somehow at South Carolina after a lackluster year as a DC at Auburn. He's overrated. Yeah, he took that uh, old ball coach route. Yeah, he's overrated. Yeah, I just he, he's not putting together great draft or, or recruiting. I'm I'm watching the draft. Great recruiting classes. Um, but he, I think he's, he's benefited from Tennessee being down, South Carolina being down, yeah. um, and, and they, you know, pretty much lose to Georgia. Yeah. That, I mean, I, I agree with that. Dan Mullen's definitely, it's, I must champ and Dan Mullen have got to be the obvious choices. I feel like, so, yep. um, I, I would say Gus Malzahn is up there and I feel like he's always on the hot, hot seat, but everybody like. Like he, he's never fired. Well, but <laughs> it's never too hot. He's played in the SEC. He played in the SEC championship last two last, two years ago, I guess. Right. So I mean, he's one, and he's beat Alabama, which you know is something Dan Mullen never did. Right. Yeah. I mean that that's true too. But I don't know. I mean, I, I, I agree. I mean, I, I feel, like, feel like he's always on the hot seat for somebody who's n- never going to get really fired. And he probably. Not. I mean, honestly, he probably shouldn't. It's kind of the thing. It's like. Are you, would you rather, and it's a Tennessee situation. You look at Phil Former and, you know, you're frustrated with how he kind of fared against Florida the last couple of years. Would you trade the last 10 years against Florida for the, you know, from 2002 to 2007 Fulmer Florida years? I wouldn't. Yeah, probably not. I wouldn't trade that. And I feel like that's the mistake Auburn's going to make is they're going to trade off 10 years of getting the shit beat out of by Alabama for the last you know, five years under yeah. um, Gus Malzahn where they've actually beaten Alabama a couple times, played in an SEC championship game. So, I mean, I could you get a better coach than Gus Malzahn? Potentially. Could you also end up getting a much, much, much worse than Coach Malzahn? Yeah, you, you could. Yeah, and it also, it's tough with Auburn because there's nothing at Auburn, really. <laughs> I mean, Auburn's a tough place to... I don't know Auburn, I, but I mean Alabama is too. But if you're gonna if you're gonna move to Alabama, are you gonna go to Alabama to play for the Crimson Tide or in Nick Saban, or are you gonna go to Auburn and play in the Plains? It's definitely difficult because in college football, those kids don't for some, somehow they don't care about it. Because if every every kid cared about that, the best players would go to USC every year. That's true. So they they just want good facilities and to win football games. Yeah, but. Did I also? Yeah, I did write USC down as one of my overrated teams. Now that I said that, because I don't get how they get favored more than Tennessee and don't get listed as. Hmm. Um, someone uh, mentioned. Uh, someone mentioned Chad Morris in the in the talk, or in here. I, I think it's too early to call him overrated. Or, or he's late. He's gone. He's gone. Yeah. No, Chad yeah, Morris was a he's terrible. He's at. Where's he at? He's at. You did. I don't remember. Uh, yeah. No, he was. He was terrible. Uh, I think he's a offensive coordinator. coordinator. Is he at you? Some, I guess we remember talking about USC. Where did he go? Is he's he at, at Auburn? He is at Auburn. He's at yep. Auburn? Yeah, that's right. See, that's the thing, though. Is is he really an offense coordinator there? Like, 
No. Is there an OC that's been at Auburn that's been the OC? Yeah, it's Gus Malzahn. It's Gus Malzahn. Yeah. So. Um, and then he's got Kevin Steele to yeah. do the defense. So. Yeah. I, I don't know. That's that's a good question. And someone got brought up a good point. Well, Muschamp did beat UGA last year, but so did Butch Jones. Yeah. <laughs> so did Butch Jones. So I'm not willing to like give him credit for that, but. Yeah, I don't. Uh, Muschamp's overrated. I feel like he's had chance after chance after chance to prove he's a good coach, and he's always just been a mediocre coach at best. Yeah, I think he's a good defensive mind, but I I feel like he lacks a lot of common sense. Yeah, the head he doesn't seem to have that head coaching ability. No, so yeah, I, and that I mean that's and look at the South Carolina how they finished last year. That UGA game was a fluke. Oh yeah, hundred percent. It was a fluke. Yeah, they beat him on like a last second field goal, right? Well, or did and I think. No, I think he. I think he was a full on overtime, but I think uh, Goggle Dogs missed one going into overtime, and I think he missed one in overtime. Yeah, I think Georgia played like their worst game, and yeah. South Carolina ended up winning. Right, um, and then the question after that is Kirby underrated? I, I'm not willing to call Kirby underrated, but I don't think Kirby's overrated either. I think you're looking at a similar situation to Mark Rick. I think he's gonna bring in great recruiting classes. I don't know if he's got it to just win the whole thing. Yeah, I don't think so either. Um, especially like, I just hate Georgia's offense. Like, yeah, I hate it. <laughs> and, and until they prove that they can, how much better is it though? If Justin Fields is is running. So. Oh yeah, hundred. I mean, then then you got to think like that's that's Kirby's fault. Yeah, you got. I mean, you got to manage your roster. That's part of being a yeah. college coach. So yeah, that I don't know. And, until they learn their lesson with um with the quarterback situation, I'm not willing to say that they are gonna win the whole thing right so he's probably he's probably overrated in my opinion or or, or rightly i mean so. he's and it helps that the east has been down but yeah. he's i'm not willing to call him overrated just because he has won the most games in the east and, since he's been here and has played in the sec i'll say this he's not going to be like nick saban no. like no. like people think he he could be no he's not no. he'll be better than mark rick was at uga but i'm not convinced he'll win the whole thing uga had turnovers and missed kick at the end yeah i know i, I think the usc game was a fluke i do so um I, I, you know, I think you can look at the season and you can say it's not like USC just played that game really well. I think it was a fluke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about one of the best kickers in the SEC. He somehow beat out Smaglia for all SEC when Smaglia had better, more field goals made and better percentage. I think so dumb, um, something like that. But I mean, he's one of the best kickers in the SEC and has been for four years. There's no doubt. So we had another question. Um, any update on the Tim Jordan situation and therefore who's going to pull ahead as our leading running back and his banks out of the equation. Tim Jordan, I don't think he came in right away. Yeah. I don't know if he's on campus yet. I haven't heard that. There's been no update as far as his arrest goes from the athletic department. Right. So, yeah. So, um, but I also don't think he was – I think he was the number three running back. Anyway. Uh, yeah, anyway. So, yeah. I don't think it changes much. Um, I think it's still Eric Gray and Ty Chandler there at one and two. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think Eric Gray's number one. You saw that last season. Got to be. He, he just right. – a, a different – kind of back then you know no offense to Ty Chandler he's been good but I think Eric Gray is an actual legit all SEC back right um and then as far as Banks I think he's back on the team I don't know I don't think he's on campus yet (laughs) I Um, but I'm I'm gonna hesitate for uh let's wait for a announcement personally oh yeah I mean I I don't think he's I don't think he's with the team right now I I just think like when fall gets here, I think Jeremy Banks will be back. Right. 
I, I think it's a possibility. I think it's a possibility. Um, I just want to, this Alabama fan said that uh, Alabama's 24-0 since 2010 to the SEC East. I mean, in fairness, you have Tennessee as your non-rotating opponent. And they've if been we, terrible. If it, just like how I'm sure Vanderbilt gets whooped up on who is it? I think well, I think Ole Miss is there, but non-rotating, so that's good for them. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've been terrible the last ten years. That's not. I hate that. I hope Alabama's terrible the next ten years. <laughs> hope we get to claim something like that. And you've had arguably one of the best coaches in college football history. So I feel like I feel like Bama fans are taking away. I feel like they are taking for granted what they have right now. Yeah. I don't know. Y'all are uh, struggling with the the whole Zoom thing. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> gotta get gotta get him. We're uh, catching up with uh, Zoom taking over. So. Right. Yep. Um, anything else for a question? I don't have, think I have any questions. That's all I got. Uh, let's jump into our jumbotron. We got the worst positions to play in sports. I guess that's what it is, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is just sports, so it's not you know sexual. I uh, just Unless wanted to point that out. It could be. I mean, yeah, I guess. Kidding. Yeah, it no, probably no, no, could no. be. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm going to go with the first one. And this one, you know, it's it's, it's close to my heart. Mm. It is. And that's the kicker position. Okay. You get none of the glory and all the blame. Sure. Because like, especially with most people in football, like there's there are a lot of people in football that, you know, love and respect kickers. But there's a lot that are like, if you hit a game winner, 35-yarder, doesn't matter, pressure, doesn't matter. They're like, you should hit that every time. Yeah. And then if you miss it, obviously... And this is not to be confused with a punter. I think kicker yeah. and punter are two totally different things. No, it, it is an entirely different position. A place yeah. kicker is not a punter. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, place kickers kind of get the short end of the stick when it comes to that. Um, and then also, it, it's just funny that... I'm not saying it's harder. It's more difficult than any position on the football field. I, I don't think that. But I think it has its parts that are just as difficult. Yeah. So, especially when you talk about the skill. And then the mental... You know, at least for you know, for a lot of uh, a lot of linemen, you're just told to either just you know just block, or just you know you're here just to plug the hole on certain plays. So mm-hmm. some sometimes it can be a lot more mentally taxing than a lot of positions on the field. Yeah, um, my next one is or my first one is a catcher in baseball. That's just like it, it does not that it's the only position I never played growing up was catcher because I didn't want bad knees growing up <laughs> and. Like, it's already hot when you're playing, like, summer baseball and things like that. Like, today, it was, like, 90 degrees. Yeah. Um, and there you have to sit there in, that, in all that gear. And literally, every, like, I did put on the stuff one time and just try to practice it. And every time the bat went, like, by my head, I'm I sure flinched. it's terrifying. Yeah. I'm so, sure it's terrifying no, that, that's the worst position. And then a lot of times, also, a catcher, to, you know, to farther your point, you're almost, obviously, when you're especially when you get in the MLB, you're not guessing as much. But you're also guessing a lot where that pitch is going to end up. Oh, yeah. Especially in high school when you're talking about guys who cannot control the pitch at all. <laughs> yeah. um, you're, you're sitting there hoping it hits your glove or yeah. that you, you get there in time. Um, so, yeah, that can be a uh, that can be a terrible position to play. It it was, yeah, it was, it was, uh, that would be an awful position. I've never, when me and my brother throw in the yard, he's always wanting to, when we were younger, he'd always want to like pitch at me. And I'm like, no, cause <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm not, I don't want to eat that ball. I don't know where it's going to go. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Um, see, my next one was almost like a, I, I guess this isn't the worst position. So I'm not going to say this one more, the most difficult, I feel like the most difficult position in all sports has to be a closing pitcher. This isn't my number two. Okay. Cause you said worst pitcher or worst position. Yes. Yeah. I feel like being a closing pitcher has because you're you come into a game. A lot of times you're you know you're in a bond. You're down in the count, stuff like that. 
you're you know, not a lot of the times, but you could be trying to either bring your team back in a game, or you could be really close to your team being out of the game. Yeah. So I feel like that's got to be one of the more difficult positions to to be in, as in terms of stepping into a into a game. I guess. Yeah. I think my my next one would be, um, a goalie in hockey. Yeah, hockey would be difficult. I, I think mean, goalie period would be terrible. Yeah, because I mean, like the like how fast they're hitting that puck. I mean, there's, I don't know how they do it. And it's a lot of moving parts and pieces. Too. And you have all that equipment on. You have the masks. Yeah, it would just be terrible to. And a goalie, it's a lot kind of like a kicker, especially. And I can't skate, so it'd be even yeah. worse. I should say goalie in soccer as well. I don't know about in in hockey, but it's a lot like a kicker where you're kind of isolated from the team, and it's a much it's much different where you're not always with the team practicing, and then mm-hmm. you're kind of on an island by yourself. In soccer and hockey, it's got to go through six people before it scores on you, yet you get the blame when the goal goes in. Yep. So All you. Yeah, I'm going to – this is my second one because, like I said, I don't think it's the worst. I don't think closing pitchers are the worst. I don't think you have the um, the physical and blame aspect of a uh, uh, catcher, goalie, or kicker. Um, but my next one is – and it probably more has to do with the people around you because you may be a clean, you know, nice dude. But I feel like offensive lineman is the grossest position on any on me if, the if you're people, not if you're not gross and an offensive lineman you're not doing it right the grossest people you meet have been offensive linemen <laughs> and then you can't change my mind that's true um i think my next one is kind of a little bit more specific than that is a guard like a you like you think it would suck to be an offensive guard just because like you're getting a lot bigger guys you do yeah um so that <laughs> sucks and then like when you move up, like what? What are the first offensive linemen to go? It's yeah, tackles, tackle, and, <laughs> tackles get the pay. Yeah, so yeah, I think under guard, underappreciated position as well as a, uh, and like centers at least they get their nuts rubbed yeah. in the game. So it's true, <laughs> they get a little, they get a little like a, a little tap, little positive <laughs> to to take out with the with the negative there. Well, well, I mean, like they get to touch the ball at least. They do. They 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 do, and and centers get a usually end up uh, especially depending on the team usually get they're they're usually one of the higher paid on the on the roster yeah. before the guards yeah that sucks <laughs> being a guard would suck right um my last one's got to be just i was gonna make a joke about baseball i won't do that since it's mlb draft night i was gonna say anybody on the baseball field also oh, first, you got you get four huh I said my closing pitcher was not on. The oh, okay, okay, okay. I was just talking. Oh, you're about, just mentioning it. Okay, I was. Okay, okay. I was spinning it to say it's got to be like one of the toughest positions yeah. to play. Hundred percent. Because it meant the mental aspect and the physical aspect, which I get, I get they get warmed up. But it's, pitching sucks. I hated pitching growing up. Hated. I mean, I, I it can't be an easy. And then also, okay, if we're gonna talk about worst positions, I have the fear if I was ever gonna pitch of getting a ball. Which I know it's un. I know it's rare. When you're talking about how many pitches you throw versus how many times this would happen, but getting a line drive back to the face. Oh, I took one in the ding dong. Did you? When I was nine were years old in the state tournament. Yeah, I was. That's nice. Did you like you that day on where you like I will wear one forever? Yeah, until I got to like high school, I wore a cup all the I time. I feel like that would be worse in high school if you got hit. I know, but I was just like, dude, dude it's 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 uncomfortable. It's rubbing me. <laughs> it's very uncomfortable. Getting a lot more hair down there. It's it's rubbing me. Yeah. It, um but yeah, I, I got hit like it knocked me back off the mound, and I almost had to bat. And I was sitting in the dugout with a a bag, like a loaf of bread bag, yeah, and ice, just like sitting in the dugout, just on it, on my nuts. 
Yeah, that um, would, and then they sent you up to bat. Well, if the next guy didn't strike out, I'd have to bat. So thank God for that kid that struck <laughs> so out. Did you all lose? Yeah, we lost. <laughs> so, so not only did I took one, I took, I lost because I took one to the nuts, but then we lost the game too. <laughs> and the guy got on first. Yeah, I, don't, I actually don't know. I, mean, I feel like he had to get on first, or did you get up? Unless it rolled right to the first baseman, or, or, the, or the right back to the catcher, because yeah. it sounded like a gunshot. Oh, okay. You were wearing a cup. That's I forgot about that part. Of the, that's yeah. a good. Yeah. So, but yeah, I had a I don't nice little purple ring around my my junk for a little bit. Yeah, that would be that would be awful. So, uh, my last one though, I'm gonna go with uh, this one hits close to home as well. I'm gonna go with the center mid because you just run so dang much. Yeah. Like I know in high school when they're like, because I played eighty freaking five different positions every game. They'd be like, Caleb, you're starting a center mid tonight. God bless. I'm gonna be tired after this. This is gonna <laughs> suck. Especially when we played a good team. I remember one time we played Harden Valley, and I just felt like I was just chasing the ball around the whole day. Like it's like I, a dog. Yeah, I just like <laughs> I was. I, and like I didn't play on a very good team, so it's like I didn't have any help either. So that yeah. was very frustrating. But but you're good, right? I mean, I was good. <laughs> I didn't assist. Not about the rest of y'all, but I was good. <laughs> that was. Uh, I still have like nightmares of just like. It's kind of why I don't like playing adult league because I'm so out of shape. Mm-hmm. And they want, they're like, Caleb, you have to play center mid. I'm like, God. Like, if I play center mid really well, I'll run five miles a game. If I play really well. <laughs> <laughs> five miles play really yeah, well. Yeah, it, it's a trade-off that I'm like, I don't know if I want to do that. <laughs> so, like, I, I tracked it one time on my watch, and I ran, I guess I only know for sure that I ran five miles one time. My Lord. It was awful. And it was in the middle of summer. I was like, I'm going to kill myself. This is terrible. Yeah, and now I'll play golf and ride around a cart. <laughs> it's much more fun. You all should try it. You should. <laughs> Stupidity. I've got a few. Uh, my first one is Kentucky tweeting the graphic out that says brick by brick. Dude, yeah. Why, why are teams still using that? <laughs> yeah, have you not learned? <laughs> like, what's that like a prominent thing Tennessee got made fun of for? Yeah. After that commercial where literally... Uh, the Farmer Charlie one? Yeah, Butch Jones is laying brick. That should be like, okay, mark that off the list. We'll never <laughs> use that. Do you think he's built a mailbox for Nick Saban yet? Uh, probably. <laughs> Nick's like, you, you're pretty good at that, right? Especially during quarantine, he's like, <laughs> getting all hey the man, projects. I'm going to need you to come over here. Getting all the projects done. Yeah. Um, I've got golf.com for my first one. They tweeted, Peak Tiger versus Peak Rory. Whoops. Who do you think is the better golfer? Or was the better golfer? That's not even... Peak Tiger is better than anybody. <laughs> like, And then Peak Rory isn't even effing close. Let alone, like, nobody else should be in the conversation with Tiger. Peak Rory is not close. Yeah, not that's... Not close. I did like how they... I don't owned, even watch golf on a new. That was stupid. I do like how they uh, owned up to it. And they said, hey, Twitter, can we get a mulligan button? I was like, that's pretty funny. <laughs> they owned up to the stupidity, so no, I do appreciate good. that. Um, my first, my next one is, uh, Norm Wood. Um, he's verified. I think he rides for Virginia Tech. His name's Norm Wood. Yeah. So not only does he have like an auto generated name <laughs> off NCAA 14, but he tweets about NCAA 14. He says, I like playing NCAA football 14 as much as the next goofball. Weird. Um, but I won't be following or tweeting about beyond this tweet the exploits of another goofball playing a video game against a fake version of one 
of the programs I cover. Not helping some dude sell t-shirts. Hashtag Hokies. So he, he mentions that he's not tweeting about it. He is tweeting, about, tweeting it about it in this. Um, and then he calls. He says he likes to play as much as the next goofball. Yeah, and why, are you playing, why are people goofballs, goofballs for playing video games? Yeah, well, can this guy not find another name? He mentions goofballs twice. Oh, he does say goofballs twice? Yeah. yeah that's pretty bad. <laughs> Exploits another goofball playing a video game. And then I think Big Cat replies and is like, you're a goofball. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, here's my question. If you don't like it, why are you tweeting about it? Yeah, who like, cares? Just don't, don't, yeah, just yeah. don't care. It's sufficient enough to not care. Um, now this is actually along the lines of the uh, Coach Doug's. Someone tweeted, how the F is Barstool Big Cat Dynasty QB that he completely made up verified? I mean, I guess you're not following along because I guess you don't know Caleb Presley's a, like he makes names that are people at Barstool. Yeah. <laughs> that he's a real person and Caleb Presley just changed his profile picture to a video game. You should probably pay more attention. Again, just, this is where I just tweet before you think, don't be stupid. Yeah. So this guy, I feel like he's the West Rucker of Virginia Tech. Um, because Barcel says, imagine being lame as Norm Wood and has like a little article about it. Um, and then he quotes tweets it and says, imagine being so insecure as a supposed heavy hitter in the blogger world. You care this much about a throwaway critique (laughs) speaks volumes. So you, you were tweeting about it. He said he didn't tweet, wasn't going to tweet about it, but now you, this is a, this is a little double. Yeah. This this is, you're getting bad. Yeah. You're digging yourself a hole, man. Just, just let it be. Normal, normal. If, if you don't care, just don't tweet about Dude, it. Dude, like that is the. I don't know. I just hate that name. Yeah, that name, I hate yeah, it. That Normwood guy pissed Norm. me off. Norm, that like you have an old man that eats the school ice cream. Yeah, that's that's bad. Like you eat the the Food City brand ice cream, you get the tub. Normwood, goofball. Goofball, it is a goofball. <clears throat> I'm going back to the PGA tournament or PGA tour, excuse me. Um, okay. Yeah, they uh, so they're they're chartering a jet for players and caddies to take from city to city as part of its return to turn return to tournament play plan. So here are the rules: no alcohol. Mm, that sucks. Which I'm out. <laughs> if your company is chartering a jet, like why would you not just let people enjoy themselves on said charter jet? I'm out. Um, Six hundred dollar per seat. Definitely out. What? <laughs> I, mean, I just don't get that. I got to pay $600 and I don't get to drink alcohol. Yeah, that sounds like a terrible... There's room for 114 people. Again, why are you charging $600 for a seat, but you're only allowance? I don't know. Just If I'm a PGA player, I'm traveling myself, like by myself at this point. Especially because the top guys can afford to do private planes. Um, here's the only one that I like. The two that I do like. These are not stupidities. I'll give them the benefit of this doubt. But it said, availability prioritized by players' rank. I like that. Best players get a seat first class. That's how that's the way the world works, man. Oh, play rank. I like it. Yeah. And then the tournament winner gets a first class seat. Okay. Every time. How many first class seats are there? Well, so I think... Only one? So, like, you wouldn't always... <laughs> a top-ranked player wouldn't always win. Okay. So, if you're not in the top, you know, 25 or however many first class seats there are, okay, you sense. would then get bumped to first class. Okay. So, I like it. I like the... So you can you can climb the hierarchy, I like but it. they would be really pissed off when I won in, you know, when I won the tournament. It was like I'm not going because I want to get drunk and not be on this plane with other people. So, <laughs> so Dennis Robin would never be on this plane. Let's just throw yeah. that out there. 
Yep. That's bad. no, he would not be happy about that plane ride. <laughs> did you see? Speaking of you know the Bulls and Dennis Rodman, did you see Michael Jordan fish caught or uh, boat caught that marlin? Yeah, like a four hundred pound marlin. <laughs> I think uh, I I leave for the beach here in the so the kid from Tennessee, um, just got selected by the Padres. Oh, nice. Um, how old is he? I'm just kidding. <laughs> They were showing his. Y'all can't see it, so that joke wasn't funny to you. They were showing his uh, Little League World Series highlights from Independence. Robert Hassel the third. Yeah, he does go to Independence, no doubt. <laughs> um, what are we talking about? Uh, fishing. Are you on deep sea fishing? Yeah, I think I think nice. me and Raven are gonna go deep sea fishing while we're at the beach. We we've done the dolphin tour and different stuff like that. I think we went to Top Golf one time, so I think this is gonna be our big thing. Yeah, deep sea fishing. I've never been. I don't really care to go though. So I think we're just doing the four hour, not like the eight hour. That'd be <laughs> Do the all day. Show yeah, up just at like sunrise, die. <laughs> yeah, I get sunburnt to hell. Because I like, I feel like I'm gonna go out there and not catch a thing. So I, I don't want to go full eight hours and not catch a thing. Right. At least I have something to blame it on. Oh, if I was out there another hour, I would have got it. <laughs> we, we would get something. Yeah. If y'all, if I don't pay, if I pay that much money and don't catch anything, I'm gonna be pissed off. I'll tell you that. So yeah, I want my money back. <laughs> Um, that's all I got for stupidity. Anything else? That's all I got. Guys, I want to I thank you all for listening. Uh, we really appreciate it. It's been a great show. Um, I hope you guys have enjoyed it as much as I have. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter, Facebook, uh, and Instagram. You can follow Volunteer Roadshow on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook as well. Uh, make sure you do that. Hit like, share, retweet, uh, you know, whatever you can. Be looking for those uh, giveaways coming out soon. Yeah. And just in a few minutes, hopefully you hear Garrett Crochet's name. Yep. Um, we'll see where he lands. I'm sure that team will get a lot of, lot more fans, um, headed their way. Um, that's all we got. Check out our sponsors, um, bet now Tennessee tap house and hound dogs. That's all we got. We're bringing the boat in and we out.